Welcome to One Interview by Night, where we interview the people who make the One World by Night LARP network happen. Tonight, we're interviewing Marcus. Marcus, could you introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. My name is Marcus Glozak, and I am the 2022 to 2024 uh, Bruja Coordinator for One World by Night. Great. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your history in the org? Well, so I'm 37. I've been in One World by Night for... 21 years. I my parents signed a waiver when I was 15 for me to LARP in Decatur Sabat, Sabat uh, way back in the wind uh, when I was in high school. I uh, did 10 years in the army almost and been out for almost a decade, basically getting all my medical stuff taken care of with the VA. And now I'm wrapping up my bachelor's degree in business management and marketing from Texas A&M. Awesome. So the next up is describe what you're doing as Bruja Coordinator. So the big thing I'm doing as the Bruja coordinator is uh, I stepped up as the interim cord uh, back in January, uh, right after uh, the 2022 Blood and Ice. I've been a member of Team Bruja for about a year and a half, two years now, before becoming interim. And uh, the big thing has been basically finding out what hasn't really been used in the Bruja genre, what's been forgotten, what hasn't really been integrated, and uh, if there has been any real disconnect from all the books that there are where Bruja have been involved to how that's translated to how Obi-Wan has implemented it and used it. And if there's anything that has basically needed to be fixed or could possibly be an issue, getting that in line and then looking at, okay, what's really been going on with the Bruja and when was the last time we really did a whole lot with the Bruja, um, be that on the out of character side with interactions with uh, chronicles to in character with basically interaction with the cam side camera side and the sabat side um, so it's been a really big juggling and fixing the back end first which has been my priority for the most so far on getting everything fixed on the back end and getting bylaws adjusted and a few other things adjusted to make it easier for players and also making it easier for the bookkeeping so to bring up what you mentioned, what are the things that you're bringing up for the cam side and the Sabat side, and I'm assuming Anarch as well? So on the cam side, first off, overall, the big thing right now is there is an alternate form of Temporis that we are going to regulate. Right now, the big issue has been trying to figure out if we make it true Bruja only as an optional, as a notify for them, or make it so that way it's true Bruja only, or if we make it that court approval. And also from there, there is a lot of bloat when it comes to the custom content. And that when I say that a lot of the bloat is because the fact of uh, in tabletop and in a lot of the powers between Temporis and Celerity, there are similarities between how some of them could in fact be used, but it's also addressing one of the new mechanics that came out with V20, which is true Celerity, which is Bruja only, which allows a Bruja to have both. So one of the things that we're currently discussing and going through and looking at is uh, making the merit true celerity when we look at redoing the Bruja packet, which we're going to start after I graduate, adding that as a Bruja court approval only. But what that does is that will allow a list. If you have Temporis in your Bruja, you can buy these celerity powers or use these celerity powers with your Temporis. Or if you have celerity, you can use these Temporis powers with your celerity. That way it's not, and then with that, I can use that to possibly, to hopefully be able to remove some of that because what that'll do is that'll fix a lot of the issues that have happened 
with the need of players to create custom content as a stopgap. Because I'll be honest, there's some really good ones out there. And some of them we're looking at adding to the Bruja packet. And we will like, and not only that, we will be like, yes, and we are this as 100% player created stuff that we are adding to this. So I I know there's some, there's a lot of those Templars custom combos that are replicating celerity combos. And I understand why. Yep. And I also get frustrated because apparently none of those have crossed over into the Sabbat. So I can't right? get any. So I can't, <laughs> as a Bruja player who has Templars, can't get any of them. And that's, and again, that's another issue we're noticing. Um, it's also... Though there are well, some great custom content ones that I know a Sabbat Bruja has made that hasn't left the Sabbat. But exactly. those do not, uh, those, those are all completely unique. Those do not replicate celerity combos. They're exactly. Really cool. And and that's the big thing is like the way you, we have to look at it. And this is me coming from, you know, 10 years in the army as a leader in the military, dealing with things on an operational level, dealing with things on the civilian side in a trauma hospital, and then now getting the degree to back it. Um, there's a lot of little nuances we have to pay attention to when it comes to custom content and doing things like that. And that is, while this is a good idea, what is short term being within a year and long term overall? So we're talking when I say long term, I'm talking five, maybe ten years down the road, which I'm hoping Obi Wan survives that well, survives and continues. I mean, I'm, and, I'm marketing coordinator. That's part of my job. <laughs> well, like, and that's as a coordinator, exactly. That's that's all I can hope for is everything I do will you know make people want to play and like get their friends back involved. And what I'm looking at is, will this create something that will better? not just in character but out of character so there's a lot of little things we're looking at like uh the back end side before we go into the camp side the anarch side and the sabat side so another big thing we're looking at is uh because we fixed a few loopholes specifically with a few of the by night books like chicago by night there was an npc named yaryan who is a sixth gen also previously known as little bear who who basically no real write-up but had his own custom bloodline discipline called Tellurian that basically said it gave him power over a, a, a the spirit world that he called the Umbra and I'm like there's physically no this. Nope. Um, but so you know it's it was getting that stuff regulated uh, my first the big thing was as in turn was getting everything pretty so that way once after elections after you know hey you know the great spirit of transitions and everything okay now we start doing the props which is I, you know, deregulations on a few things, uh, such as like Aura of a Cursed Rage, which is one of those things that it's not a Bruja thing, but it's one of those things of it's it's like when you read the write up for it, okay, that's a Bruja Gangrel thing. So me and Paul talked, the Gangrel Gordon, we're like, we're going to make that notify. There's literally no reason for it to be my approval. And it's basically so that way we have an idea of who's using it. And then deregulated like a Spirit Unicorn. So that way it's, you know, if you're a Bruja, you can just learn it. Like there's, if you're a Bruja, like outside, like outside Jackhammer Punch, there's really not a whole lot that you should not be able to have available. Also, like there's a few things where we're like, okay, this also makes more sense. Like really just keeping it to the approval of, you know, if you're not a Bruja, all right, what's the story behind it, right? Like that's, that's the key point of it is it's not just a, hey, I'm, I'm trading Paul this power just because, well, you know, we have four years of role play together and, you know, he saved my life. We're part of the same coterie and stuff like that. You're like, yeah, well, you're good to go. And stuff like that. Like that's, that's a big component of it is basically making sure that people understand when they approach the office that we're doing this for story purposes. We're not doing this 
just to be a, I want change. We're doing this my way. It's, there should be a progression and understanding of moving the genre forward. And that's been the biggest hurdle when it comes to a lot of it and trying to make sure that everything's done in accordance to a plan of action that, you know, me and the team set up. So it's, it's really interesting. It's going to be really cool. And it's going to be really interesting going into next year, trying to get the packet done. But so now that we have that bit and done on the Camarilla side, the big thing has been getting the Just Cars office, Just Car Manuela Cardoso and Chief Archon Valeria, you know, more active and involved and getting them active and getting the, you know, the PC Archons involved and, you know, reaching out to games and going, hey, you know, you guys have this game. Is it okay if I hold an improv, you know, a Bruja meeting and have like the Chief Archon or Manuela show up or, you know, Christoph Rumald or, you know, an NPC and just getting getting the interactions up because the camera is supposed to be the political side of the house and it shouldn't be monster, really monster of the week, but it's supposed to be that the politics between the clans and the networking. So working on that and the big push right now has been a canon NPC that's never been used, uh, Moussier. Alexander Moussier from the Princess Primer, who is no longer Prince of Jerusalem since we had the Jerusalem game who went Cam, flipped Sabat, and then went back to Cam and Sabat, and then went basically folded. So uh, he's been basically the big NPC I'm pushing as the candidate for the Herodin. And also we have, because of my school schedule, um, we wanted to do a national rant this fall. It's going to be a soft RP. It's you know, if you want to send a sheet, you can, but it's basically one of those this way. It doesn't interfere with anyone's game stuff. That's going to be the second through the fifth. That way it doesn't really, oh, first through the fifth, that way it doesn't interfere, but it's going to be considered held pre-Dubai, which uh, is something that Asimite Core is hosting. Um, so there's that. And then we have on, so it's, it's, it's really cool because right now it's just been basically getting the office interactive, getting everything involved. Um, getting the archons involved and just communication and stuff that hasn't really, you know, been something that's been a whole lot other than status quo for the office for the last several years. So it's, it's interesting catching up on a lot of the emails and stuff like that. And I'm lucky to have Emily and Susan and uh, Michael, Diogo, Dennis, and a bunch of others, you know, as part of Team Bruja just really working because I, I have a four man Brazilian team who is all about like each one has a different specialty. And like most of them have been with the office, like Diogo set aside his longstanding Anarch Bruja to come help Mary in the Anarch Cord and, you know, and to work with me. So he's been, he, him and me have like this really cool thing we're going to be working on for the, for the overarching Bruja plot. Um, so yeah, the big thing with the Camarilla is, you know, what's been going on, you know, getting the office more active, uh, looking at bringing the Council of Scales into play, but because it's a multi-clan thing, it's not just a Bruja thing, it's it's a Critias thing. It's Critias's like love project for like the last 500 years. So, uh, you know, I got the Tremere Chord, who's, who's interested in being involved, the Venture Chord, the Gangrel Chord. Uh, the Nosferatu chord, and then you know, Mike likes it because the entire point of it is they're not the council of scales is not there to be politics, they're not there to gain status, they're not there to gain boons, they're literally there, they're just you know, masters of understanding the traditions and the edicts that have happened between princes, justicars, um, 
blood hunts and edicts and basically giving an interpretation of it to princes while you have something their partner which is the myrmidon which is a camarilla position that was supposed to be a leg an arm of the primogen council that's not been used in obi-wan in any of the games and using them in conjunction with the the jurist which is basically the guy the effectively the mentat from dune the guy who's basically an encyclopedia <laughs> britannica nice. uh, on camarilla law right <laughs> And then his entire job on the Myrmidon is literally there to be the leg breaker. His entire job is to be the investigator. And the key component about this is they have no power unless the prince and the primogen council, Seneschal and Harpy, go ask him to go, hey, here's a scandal. This we think violates the traditions. Is there any references to something like this happening before? Or, hey, we don't know. We want an independent investigator. Can you go look into this? Because we think it's scandal and could possibly violate the traditions. So they get the Myrmidon. Like, and they work together. It's it's a pair, right? It's the jurist and the Myrmidon, and they work hand in hand. So that's one of the ideas that we're looking at pushing uh, into phase two of the overarching Camarilla Bruja plot. Um, so phase one is a lot of interaction, and it's going to be really interesting. Um, so that I'm happy to talk about because the Council of Scales, I think, like a lot of people are, um, it's basically using the jurist who's basically a mentat, basically a master of the legal nuances of the Camarilla their entire job is to basically be the person that can go like, oh, hey, you know, why was this, you know, this person was blood hunted because they did X, Y, and Z violating the traditions. And then they can go, well, that person was, but it was found out that there was a whole scandal that's about the prince who did it because he actually wanted him removed uh, because he refused to, you know, to give him a major boon for like something, you know, prince owed him a life, broodmate a, a life boon over because he was wanting to get out of it. Oh, okay. You know, stuff like that. Because that stuff has happened in Obi-Wan. Yeah. So it's their entire job is to handle that. And while the Hague on the Clan Venture is somewhat like that, they don't leave the Hague. They don't. And they haven't really been open to having visitors. So, and that's in their description. So basically what this does is this gives games, Camarilla games, a tool if their princes in character allow it for them to have it's a multiplier of the genre their entire goal is to basically be uh, a mentor effectively so it's it's really cool and then you have those who are if you're more physical and want to throw chops and you know deal with you know the the violent section of it and doing the investigations that's what the myrmidons for so it's it's one of those things that it's really cool to see and the fact that you know the fact that it is something that's open to several clans and it's open to all clans it's really cool because the big thing is basically making it so that way the bruja the tremere uh the gangrel and the uh, ventru have an elder that's involved in it that basically like like that way it's not just one person being able in charge of having to handle everything it's you know any one of us can respond that way each one of us can give a different perspective from our clan's view, like this elder's view on onto the traditions and stuff that they've seen. On the Anarch side, the big thing that we're looking at is addressing uh, everything that's happened with the Neocards and and everything like that. And looking at giving the Anarch, because they're supposed to be the largest body of Bruja, something that makes them Bruja. Like, oh, okay, that's cool. And, it, and then really we're working out a lot of details on that. And the biggest proponent we're looking at that is we're basically going to make a lot of the Bruja question if this is bad because we have so many societies and groups now who just interact with mortals and because how the dynamic shift has happened where the masquerade 
really doesn't mean what it used to like 10 years ago because of the fact of and cam games and our games to bot games everyone's interacting with werewolves mages hunters angels demons changelings fey uh wraiths and normal everyday humans who have are are like hedge mages and sorcerers like or psychics because of this breadth of it like at what point the neocars basically want to live with the humans that they choose where's the line right so that's something we're readdressing uh and we're looking at addressing as well because of the fact of uh in 2017 or something they based the camaria declared the neocars enemies See, this is and, something I have no idea about, so I'm fascinated listening because I only so, play I only play Sabat, so which is funny because I started with Sabat and I hated Camarilla, <laughs> and now like I know more about Camarilla while I played in Anarch, and than I do about my favorite clan, which is Gangrel, and I play Sabat <laughs> because how much has been done over the years. Uh, but yeah, and then on the Sabat side, it is you know while a lot of people like there's a small group of people that are angry that yes. I took the NPC that was made, NPC Justicar, that is not canon, named Masako, um, Sabat, is because, you know, for 20 years, she's never been interacted. Once Pashik became Justicar, everyone ignored her. They pushed her to the side. And the big difference is, what a lot of people don't know, is that she was in love with Madame Gee, the Malkavian Justicar. And the fact that they both had true love, and then in character-wise, you know, game starting and a bunch of other stuff. So a lot of the edicts that are, you know, this is what a lot of people are upset about. They're like, but she made these edicts. Well, a lot of the edicts, when you go and look at it, were stuff that was in the Camarilla Guide, you know, the Archons Templar book, and then the Princess Primers and stuff like that. It was stuff that was, she was just repeating what those rules were to be a prince and be a member of the Camarilla. And the big thing was basically how you can't be a member of two sects. That which was the big edict that a lot of people were like, oh, this, 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 she made a treaty. Well, actually, you know, this is something me and Ken were talking about that we're actually looking at integrating into this overarching Ruha plot. Because I'm doing it kind of like how the MCU is in phases. So that way phase one's this, phase two's this. So that way each phase basically lasts like three to four months, three to four months. Some of them maybe quicker, etc. That way it's not just a bam, 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 bam like one giant thing that gets lost in translation so and the big thing we're looking at is the fact that it was an edict basically saying uh this area of la is theirs this area like these specific areas are the quaijins of this uh the kin kwan or quin i can't remember how to pronounce it um we're not we cannot hold they cannot hold status in the camarilla we can't hold status in their court etc etc that's because that's been a thing of the camarilla so, and that's also the time when they released the Laws of the East book, so which allowed you to play Hingyokai, and that was becoming a lot, and because of how the mechanics were in that, changed a lot of how people were viewing things, especially when, you, you know, you look at it, we're dealing with Grey Book Vampire, which, you know, Tremere had a ritual that allowed you to become a werewolf and get werewolf traits. Like, you know, there's a lot of little things that people are not thinking about when they're realizing the reason why these were things right so Um, but i mean the other thing is like this was an agreement i mean assume say she hadn't defected and she'd been killed no one would be bringing up the same thing exactly because they'd be like oh no she she died but the edicts still remain like of course they do 
Yeah. But even then, that's it's, how it, diplomacy it, works. Yeah. Treaties but, don't go away because someone dies or someone well, leaves. Which which is also understandable. Or yeah, okay, yeah, that is one thing because there's basically an edict saying you we can't cross these streams out of character and in character. Okay, yes. For that, I will 100 percent say, okay, realizing that after talking with Ken and them, yeah, okay. I can see where while you know it's only because she's non-canon, technically nothing she did like done by the office was considered with her was considered, you know, genre changing. You know, it's a it's I will I will say, okay, yes, I can see why this should could have gone to council hundred yep. percent. That's on me. That's on uh, as a cord. I should have taken the okay, there's a possibility where this can be construed at that. I should have just done that. Hundred percent that's yeah. on me. No, I, I I totally get how some people are upset it didn't go to council. Um, yeah. The actual decision, though, I think. Uh, keep in mind, I had no idea who she was. I have not been playing in the Ori that long, um, comparatively. But seeing the people who have been and have been, because in particular, there is one Bruja in the Sabbat who is a convert. He defected, and he got so excited when he saw her defect. And that was amazing. It's actually my character sire. <laughs> but and, yeah. which is funny, the player is a, is a long-standing friend of mine, and he immediately blew up my phone. He goes, "Marcus, what is this? <laughs> oh my god!" Right? Well, so, but that's just it, right? Like NPCs have story. Players are the key component. Your interaction, your actions drive how the story goes. NPCs are a mechanic of that story. NPCs have their own story. They they are not stagnant things. So with this, the the key component we are looking at is. The brutes, the brutes, aka the Bruja Ante, for those of you guys that don't know, have not really ever had a lot of story. They've actually never no. really gotten story. It's the same with the gangrel, the gangrel Ante. Yeah, like, we've kind of been like on the edges of things, um, things that have happened that affected the clan, obviously affect mm-hmm. the Sabbat, but yep. we haven't been like included in those plots. Yeah. They've just happened to us. Well, and it's, yeah, exactly. And like three, there's several major things when it comes to the brutes. Uh, the Bruja Ante. And that's when you read the clan book and you look at a lot of the stuff. Camry and Bruja that aren't like Primogen or Princes or usually, and especially on the Anarch, be like, hey, like, why are you guys in the Sabbat? And they'll just go hang out with them. And they'll be like, yeah, man, because this, 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 and this. Like, we ain't got somebody fucking doing what that Prince does. Like, we're free to do our own shit. And the only rule we got is don't do dumb shit and don't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> like, so yeah. and it's and, and, and the key component is in the book it talks about how like the sabbat has given the bruja anti an actual purpose and driven them to become more united right comparatively to where and, you have the and i guess i mean we are um yeah. and like they, they basically say bruja are some of the biggest zealots in the sabbat see my character being black hand which are the biggest zealots in the, in yeah. the entire sabbat <laughs> Right, no. which is funny because I played a Cambruha, so whose sire went Sabat, who my PC <laughs> sire went Sabat, so I get it. Um, but yeah, no, it's and the big thing with that is the fact that like a lot of the stuff that I'm looking at doing, um, which is why I actually have to reach back out to uh, uh, Jamie Nobles, who's a dear friend of mine because he's one of a bunch of players who have been working on a project for several years, um, and that I'm looking at that's a big part of the bruja stuff and the bruja plot and the, the bruja anti-plot um but the problem i've run into is i technically don't control any of this sabbat bruja npcs but i'm lucky i have matt i've known matt for years me and matt have worked worked really well together 
um and we've been talking a lot and with me having with Masako going sabat that gives someone that uh, the brutes can also rally behind because the fact she's a convert the fact that she is now initiated and is working with the cardinal anka working with dark selena and the fact that like a lot of people get hung up other get hung up on the well japanese culture you know this 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 and they forget that like the mentality of a ronin and to walk away is in fact there even in japanese culture of at what point when everything you've had is destroyed by those who you know basically are supposed to be subservient and following the rules don't like at what point have you had enough and that's the big big push for it i mean like um, watch kurosawa movies <laughs> exactly um, i'll tell you um and, and that's exactly that, it but the convert thing is also big because um the brutes in particular there are more brute converts than mm-hmm. any other converts in the sabbat yep i mean it's a huge it's it's like, about 40 percent. it's a so, lot my character was embracing the sabbat but her sire's a convert. A lot of it's a PC sire. are convert. Yeah, and it's a PC sire. It's great. Um, and, but yeah, a lot of converts. So and, yeah, so so the big thing with that is too is you know developing that, and the big thing with the Bruja plot for the Bruja anti side is basically giving them something that's a basically a clan structure that's not a new that's not a society like or a faction. It's yeah. It's basically a bruja resource, yeah. and uh, and one of the big things I'm doing across the board is because how bad a call to arms has actually been to use in one world by night is we're also looking at uh, and the big thing right now is working out the the mechanics of it is to turning it into a background so that way you know that gives bruja a resource within game of basically on their sheet to use as a resource for say hey. I'm going to do this, you know, call to arms local to get the local guys, which would be the background that you would have. Right. So that would be considered, you know, your background of resources. Or if you're an event game, it'd be a pooled resource for all the Bruja. And that'll be universal. Um, so the big thing is uh, each section in the phase will be individual. So it won't really cross over except on like one. So up until about phase three. So we're looking at phase one is basically a lot of, uh, you know, reaching out to PCs and getting interactions and getting STs to in the plot kit, because right now we have basically 99%, about 90% of the rough outline done. Um, I just got to finish up now that we, I, we have a lot of the, uh, thanks to reaching out to former chords, we actually have a lot of the Neocarth information. So that way we can actually use that to wrap up the Anarch side and start getting an idea of what we want to do with that. Phase one is reaching out, starting to get that. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing the CAM Anarch slash independent rant. Uh, and then we're doing, the big great thing is we're doing with Coney hosting it. Um, so that way, you know, Adam could play and everyone else can is I'm running it. Like it's, it's yeah. going to be my event. Um, and it's going to be basically a soft RP event is with like several of my staff and or one or two other volunteers is basically going to be a like you know a a plot seed to get the ball rolling for it because you know it's it's one of those things of i don't want to release something 
until I am comfortable with an outline refined and broken down and then plot kits for each, the ST level plot kit for each section, explaining details, minimum and maximum, and what the effect will that be later on for possibilities, because it's, it gives them, it gives a window for what the minimum and maximum is. And the big thing we have to remember is this is the world of darkness. Like the key thing is on the Camarilla side, it should be subtle, it should be politics. The Sabat side should be, you know, let's be honest, the cult mentality, how it affects it, and what is, you know, I mean, how does it affect how you drink the Kool-Aid? Yeah. And the Anarchs. I guess I love that you're doing an event for the Sabat Bruja because we hadn't really had any of those. I, 2011 rants and raves aren't really a thing that we do a whole lot like even pc led i think the last pc led one was four years ago it had to be yes. about that because i had just started playing yep it was four years ago yeah i had something... my character is a baby baby sheet i'd been playing her maybe four or five months well welcome to playing the genre but yeah, yeah so uh and the big thing is like is each point that like early on doesn't really tie together um, and then what we're looking at is phase one is to basically reach out phase two is things start to happen um, where, you know, my goal is on, on the phase two is to get through how more involved in the politics to see and understand what's going on, because we actually for for a clan that's considered like not an anti clan, but an actual founding clan because they're not Bruja anti they're Bruja in the Sabbat. Um, yeah, because um... the fact that there would be no Sabbat if it hadn't been for the Bruja revolts. And the Bruja basically being the muscle in most of the weight for the, the shock troops for the Sabbat to be successful. And like, that's why I don't only ever call my character Bruja Anti out of character mm -hmm. just to signal, yeah, she's Sabbat. Because in Sabbat, no, we're Bruja or we're Brutes. Actually, I, I think we call ourselves Brutes more than Bruja. Sabbat have really uh, embraced that nickname. Which is funny, considering like when you actually read a lot of the source material, which is interesting when you get into the V20, uh, you'll actually realize that there's actually more scholars, and it's more of the genissary legionnaires mentality, uh, scholar soldier, but warriors, like, which is what you'll see a lot with, you know, the Bruja and the Anarchs is they just want to throw hands and cause chaos. And the Camarilla, you'll see a lot more, you know, composed, they're more philosopher- like, because Moussier is a perfect example, Critias, how Pashik was supposed to be, who was a passionate, you know, Catholic, Manuela, who is 100% a politician. Then he reads the stuff on Dark Selena and all them. And then you realize that on the Sabbat side, like, they are soldier first, then scholar. And then you have a few where you're like the butcher of the Black Forest, who you're just like, why is he known as the butcher of the Black Forest? And then you find out he's actually a dude who he was a barbarian who held off the like century of Romans with like him and a small band and literally stood there and butchered them and then got embraced was because the Ventru started sending people and the Bruja were like, no, go have fun. Like yeah. it's it's little things like that, right? Like. So when I when I started playing, I I'd played in the org way back in like 2001-ish mm -hmm. in college and then sort of fell away from it for over a decade and then came back and like I want to play Sabat. I've never played Sabat. I love the idea of Sabat. So I sat mm -hmm. down and was like, I also have never played a Bruja. I really want to. It's a clan I would always want to play. So I sat down and like reading through the books is like, okay, I got a great idea for this. Because they are supposed to be warrior 
more scholars. So it was like, all right, a former police detective. She will absolutely throw down. But yeah, she wants to investigate and figure things out and learn things. Oh, yeah. And what's nice about it is in the clan book and someone V20, they talk about like the different types. Like you have you have your different bloodlines, but you also have the different ideals yeah. of the Bruja. And each one, like outside where where in what's nice is B20 kind of expanded it to make more sense, where you have more of the they want to change the world in the sabbat than anywhere else because there are a lot of they're supposed to be the newer younger bruja because they don't like what's been going on they want to fight the man they want to fight the machine and that's the entire mentality that i look at it when it comes to like a lot of the bruja in general is like they should be wanting to change like there should be something like even the dispassionate find something to keep them emotionally tied to something to the world that's a key critical part of the genre is having a passion and being willing to fight for it, which is literally the fundamentals for being a Bruja. Absolutely, which is is why I enjoy playing mine so much. Yeah. So the big thing that I think will shock people is right now, because one of the things that happened before Capron, Brian Capron, who was the 2018 to 2020, and then, you know, Bruja coordinator. Who yeah, I he, took came, over he for, came in right as I started playing. Is pre him, before him was that the uh, Santos Bruja were supposed to be a bloodline because they're mentioned in a few books. Well, they're basically people that follow the Santos and stuff and they're Wonga tours. So basically they have Serpent of the Light Magic, which is uh, faith-based, right? It's all about, now when, when Wonga makes up, when you actually read a lot of the stuff, it, it's made up of like 21 different religions. And all those religions are either Afro-Caribbean Catholic or basically ancestral and spirit worship which is drastically different from Duranki, which is the other common faith mm -hmm. faith magic you'll see. Um, but the key component of it was, uh, is it got codified in the Sedite packet as a Bruja court approval and Sedite court approval uh, in their Sedite genre packet as a bloodline of Wonga tours. So the big thing we're looking at is having, uh, and this is the big thing that we're working on right now before we go any further, it will be either Camarilla or Sabat only for it uh there will be no anarch santos like there that is a key point of clear delineation of the separation i mean just giving my, my opinion there's already a lot of wanga tours in the sabbat it's it's where it belongs like yeah. you know but it's the fact that they talk about a lot of the bruja are you know catholic come from that the southern coast of the u.s and spain and stuff like that and how it's in south central and south america and the santos cults and everything like that start as a bloodline so like it's a it's a really interesting dynamic especially with the fact it's bruja only yeah and it'll be interesting once that starts rolling my my bruja will have an interesting reaction as a bruja with no faith <laughs> well i mean and it's it's going to be really interesting um yeah uh no faith yet almost punched baron samedi in the face <laughs> i mean hey there's a lot of stuff and a lot of it's addressing some stuff that has been in character across all three genres is stuff that hasn't really been touched on or has been forgotten about and never really done because one of the biggest issues we have with the Bruja office is the fact that most of the stuff that's happened and this isn't just in the Bruja office is when there's a change in Justicar or a change in like NPC where who's no longer being a predominant NPC a lot of players just walk away and don't interact with it so we're you know we're seeing a shift and they want to do more with this so how do we do that and explain this how can we use this NPC as a mechanism for story so it's going to be really cool to see how this all works out 
Um, and the big goal that we're looking at is uh, basically a lot of the Bruja players uh, outside of a small handful don't actually know the history of one world by night Bruja genre or a lot of the dark, the, the history of the past when the books, which has, which explains a lot of the different bloodlines and everything else. So it's going to be really cool to see. Um, I know Taki is, is a relatively newer player to one world by night because it's been about four and a half years mm-hmm. um i don't know a lot of the org history i know the book history because i've read the books because i want to justify having my three dots of through hot lore but i don't necessarily know all the org history unless someone fills me in on it and also like i don't know how to get in touch with a lot of the npcs that's something that's also been oh. a problem is how do we even go about getting involved with the npcs oh. Um, the easiest way to get involved with NPCs is to, uh, you know, one, you can reach out to your appropriate genre court, sect court. So Camarilla, Anarch, or Sabat. And if they don't control the NPC, they'll just, you know, forward it to me. Because of actually, like, most of the princes for the Bruja on the Camarilla side, I actually don't control. I control a very small number of NPCs. Um, luckily, I work, you know, Mike's been very much of, well, you know your genre, do you mind running, you know, just, you know, you can go ahead and run it and just, you know, keep me CC'd and tell me, you know, what your mentality when you look at it and everything is, which is why um, a good example is how um, everything with Moose, Dr. Alexander Moussier, the NPC for the Heritage stuff, has been a lot of, you know, stuff reading on him, understanding, you know, the philosophy of how and why, um, being in the military and being over in the Middle, Middle East between, you know, you know, African mission, two tours to Iraq, one to Kuwait, one to Afghanistan, being in Israel for nine months, you know, and stuff like that. It's, it's really interesting because like, I love history. I love culture. And it gives you, when you have that and you, you learn and understand that aspect of the cultures and their history and the reasons why a lot of that happens, it gives you more depth to be able to understand the answers of it and how to interact with them. Do you have anything else as coordinator you would like to touch on? Realistically, STs, do not be afraid to reach out to my office. I have no problem with doing an email and going, hey, we want to run some Blue Hot Plot. We don't really have any ideas. You know, we want to do something for our players. You know, is there anything you could do, we could do? I have no problem with having that conversation with with staffs and basically using that as a way to, you know, give them their, their Blue Hot players or their game something that is unique to them because the big thing we have to remember is as coordinators, we're a resource where our job is to be not just a subject matter expert, but be a tool that the staffs can use and that the players can interact with. Like that's the reason why it's not a one man job. It's there's a reason why we need subcourts who can help and do everything. And I'm really blessed to have, you know, Emily, Sue and my, my staff who are all over the U S and South America who are really big on you know being involved so it's it's going to be really good fantastic um so now i get to ask the the really fun question which is uh who do you currently play so um so in vampire uh i have uh my active characters are a it's an anarch named uh craig leblanc he is a former follower set i left the followers a set in character he has an anarch einhard setite and no he bluntly says he is not sorry and it's pronounced einhard because paul will choke me and he is not not a follower set 
Um, funny story about that, which is how I met Stacy uh, and them, is I was at the 2014-2015 midwinter when it was in Milwaukee. I got some, so I'm, I'm a member of Mayhem. We were hired to work. This is when it was Atlantic City. And we were hired to work security with the Black Hand and because it was the first time they were sitting down to do like, yo, like there's this thing we're dealing with Infernalist. How do we want to address this moving forward? And I got summoned to the follower set meeting. <laughs> so I pulled out my cell phone and started a, it was like early smartphones where you could have skype and stuff on there so i skype called every member every member in character of the security team and recorded playing on my phone like this as every player went and gave their name where they're from their temple what their actual real name was what their what their rank was in their cult what cult they belonged to and i just went like this and everyone's like what are you doing so uh, the ST came up and goes, Hey Marcus. He goes like, Hey Marcus, uh, are you playing on your phone in character? Or are you just fucking around out of here? I was like, Oh no, I'm on my phone in character. And I'm just acting like I'm playing like something on my phone and everyone goes like this. So I'd slide over and I would show them that I was playing basically snake and like poker on my phone. And I'd go back to recording it and no one questioned. <laughs> and then I told That's the ST what I was doing. So I got like everyone. So everyone is seeing this that's a part of the security and as are the sts and they're just like oh my god mark is what they're like craig oh my god what where are you i was like i got summoned so here's their information <laughs> and this is when they, the setites were trying to rob the Giov the uh, auction so that way the, the giovanni were hoping they didn't have to run it so it was a hilarious thing so what happened was is i put i actually had a recorder and basically said fuck you guys i'm I'm no longer a follower set. I can't believe you would fucking summon me to this after I've publicly for the last like five, six months have intentionally not killed anyone that you guys have sent after me. I've sent them back to Egypt in a to whom it may concern, you know, staked box. Like this is ridiculous. And I said, I'm the Odin worshiping motherfucking Anarch said, I get off my, and I'll leave it at that. So I walked out and everyone's like summon, summon. So Stacy, who was portraying the NPC at the time, was like, I want him back. I need to talk to him. And everyone's like, summon, summon, summon. And I like that. He was like, I was like, I think my life's in danger. I ain't going back. <laughs> so I went back to the big gathering. So they sent this. So somebody who had just converted uh, an NPC, Nosferatu mentor. Uh, and uh, so what happened was, and she said, hey, go get him. I need to talk to him. Grab him, and I need to talk to him. So the ST whose game it was, was portraying it. It was like, oh, well, I've he physically grabbed me. So it was a, it was a auto end of rounds. I get Daisy James to the opposite side of the room as all the security killed this mouse rot to NPC. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been playing Craig since uh, 2013. I love it. Um, Mayhem, it's been great. It's been rough. There's been a lot of ups and downs. Uh, it's been really good. And uh, basically, a lot of the members, a few of the members who stepped away are coming back and playing their characters. So it's been really cool interacting and getting them caught up on the history of our Anarch gang over the last like six years where they haven't been playing. I play Matthias O'Grady of Clan Venture in the Camarilla, uh, getting him back active. Um, I play Dan the man ham aka dapper dan of clan nosferatu in and the camaria but he's been shelved in springfield he's basically whenever i can make it to illinois and visit i'll play him i played a bruja who i basically walked away from because i joined and said ah, i haven't really done anything so 
we're going to go ahead and just get rid of them. Um, and then on the Sabat side, I've been playing on and off since 2000, the early 2000s, like 2004, John Thundercrow, aka Thundercrow TC, um, my Sabat Gangrel, who's a, a cult uh, underground uh, relic hunter. And on, I played uh, Bicyclave, who became a BSD and then went Ronin um, and then died uh, on the Guru side. And then I play uh, Chiron, aka Speaks for Those Forgotten, a Wendigo. And I play Andros Gress, a Shadow Lord. So many. Um, I'm always impressed by people who can have that many PCs. I have one that I currently play actively and like four that are shelved <laughs> because I can't focus on more than one at a time. No, I get it. It's and each one has their own distinct personality and how they handle things, so it's cool. It's great. Yeah, and obviously from what I've been saying during the interview, my the one I've been playing is my Bruja, um, which is why I loved getting to interview you because you're my cord. Well, I mean, like I said, like I, me and my team were really easy to talk to. Just reach out at Team Bruja at Google Groups or Brewcord at Gmail. All right, and I, I think that just about wraps it up for the the interview. So I want to thank you again for being here. Sure, all thanks for thanks for having me. One interview by night is hosted by Cheryl Wesley. Contact and interview prep by Ariel. Editing and music by Christian Keller. If you are interested in playing in Wormwell by Night, please visit our website at owbn.net. You can contact the marketing team at owbn-marketing at googlegroups.com. One Interview by Night is presented by One World by Night, produced under the Dark Pack Agreement Paradox Interactive. Portions of the presented material are the copyrights and trademarks of Paradox Interactive AB and are used with permission. All rights reserved. For more information, please visit worldofdarkness.com. This material is not official World of Darkness material and is intended solely for use by One World by Night.